Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. So I have continued to work with something maybe more, let's say, more embodied, to use the hip language, than just pure non-thinking as the essence of Zen practice for the past week. As this this way of relating to my movement practice as the main thing, like I was talking about last week, uh, has continued to settle in. And as it has a way of doing, the world has given me plenty of real world tests, kids sleeping terribly, uh, like just, you know, the normal stresses and strains. And I just continue going through life feeling like breathing and standing up straight is really like the entire, like, let's say breathing, standing up straight and being nice are like really the entire secret of the entire universe. (laughs) And there's nothing more to it than that. And, and that really, Everything else about formal practice is kind of just about deprogramming doing anything else other than those things. Deprogramming deprogramming the things that make me hunch over, deprogramming the things that make me breathe shallowly, deprogramming the things that make me be mean to people. And yeah, the there's a way there's a way in which just sort of standing up straight, breathing correctly and being nice feels like a shortcut you could just do those things and then that would be that but it's but there's just so many reflexes involved in uh in not doing that and and so there is Mm -hmm. a lot more work to do in a sense but keeping those very simple and obvious goals in mind as the goals feels like it frees me from this whole like getting enlightened so that i can be a good person kind of way i mean not that i'm particularly subject to that but i feel like it's endemic in our world and uh, really, it kind of just all amounts to a word, like a word rather than enlightenment. I would I would probably posit health as the word that, you know, just to, to not limit the understanding of health to the medical, biological sense in which our society typically frames it, but like to actually mm-hmm. have a holistic, inclusive definition of health being healthy. That yeah. does really center physical health and emotional health as like the key but really the sign of full health is 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 also related to behavior and ethics and treating people kindly and compassionately and and so the goal is just to be healthy and keeping that in mind makes it seem like so much more grounded and practical than some sort of you know ethereal magical spiritual thing and that's where i'm coming from these days and i feel like you think about health in ways that I might not have to or get to very yeah. often. I wonder what you think of this vocabulary. No, I, I actually like really agree with you. I, I can think of it in terms of it's you don't really notice it when you do have really good health, <laughs> but you notice it when you don't. <laughs> right. Um, and it, it just to like kind of contrast just because I've noticed when there are weeks or something where I don't want to say falling off the bandwagon, <laughs> but falling off the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um, and the difference in physical and mental health that that accompanies 
my uh, lack of um, sitting straight and breathing correctly and uh, being in the moment and mm -hmm. uh, meditation. It really changes everything. Like it almost just feels like if I if I don't if I don't concentrate and and um you know have a good mental outlook on things you know based in like you were saying that meditation really is just a way to do that really like focus in on that and make that your sort of primary um focus I guess um if that doesn't happen then I'm just like I feel like my my mind is kind of just like uh, a bunch of commercials. Mm. Oh, well, or... yeah. That's very <laughs> and, evocative. Yeah, and it's like I, I will, I, I won't really notice. Uh, but then my my joints will be hurting really bad. I'll do things that like aren't, you know, that aren't like good good for me physically, um, and. And then like things move so quickly, it's almost like you get sucked up into it and then you can no longer like fi find time to refocus. So like the longer, the further you are away from uh, your focus. I don't know why I keep calling it that, but mm. the the more, the harder it is to get back on that. Like, because it just feels, you so, feel so like flustered with all the, um, stimulation or things going on that you're like adding one more thing on top of that sounds horrible even if you mm. know that it's going to fix it mm. Mm. i'm really interested in your choice of the word focus because i i think that that does really describe what this word health is providing for me in i don't think i don't think it's like a necessary way of seeing it but i think in previous recent phases or periods or moods or or you know whatever i was going through a lot of the stuff that contributes to health in this holistic sense has felt very compartmentalized to me in different places like i've got my zen practice over here and my diet and my exercise and my relationships and uh and my my career and all these all of these different buckets mm -hmm. of of do it that I that I have to take care of. They're like all leaky buckets, and I have to run around to all the different buckets, like refilling the bucket or plugging the leaks or whatever. And seeing it all as contributing to this idea of health, you know, let's we can d maybe define health in a more rigorous way if we want to, but just to use that lens that view of my life ha does bring focus because it's because they're all related to it mm -hmm. so instead of having to see it all as different stuff to handle in different ways maybe it's that i can better prioritize or assess what i really need to do now yeah because it's all contributing to health in one way or another and I may have sort of ideas about which one matters that doesn't actually relate to what the healthy thing to respond to now is. Yeah, absolutely. That that's that's so true. It's like if if you get get stuck in your head with all the commercials, mm -hmm. then um, then you're not gonna know like if you need to go stretch or if you need to go exercise or 
you know, why you're in a bad mood or um, whether you need to define why you're in a bad mood or yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> even because <laughs> sometimes you can be in a bad mood. That's not necessarily a bad thing. I think you can be in a bad mood and still be in a good place. Mm hmm. Sure, it has and, to be okay because it's a mood. It's like the yeah. weather. <laughs> right, right. But but I think there's a difference between like being in a bad mood. I'm like, I'm in a bad mood and, you know, eventually go away and then we'll be fine. And then being in a bad mood and being like, I have no idea what's going on. I feel completely overwhelmed with this bad mood and mm -hmm. I don't know how to get rid of it. Because in that mindset, you're always like thinking about how to get rid of it. Whereas in like yeah. in a better mindset, you're just going to think, well, I'll just let this happen. <laughs> um. So it really does meditation in general really does help you notice these things and prioritize them and um, learn to deal with them in a more productive way. And that, that can really go for both physical health and mental health. Cause I'll know, I mean, I meditation has been a huge contributor in like reducing my, the amount of pain. Mm. But the thing is, is it never went away. I never like was like, now I don't feel pain. That would be weird, and I don't think that would be helpful even. Mm -hmm. So I still feel pain, but when I'm stressed out, it hurts like so much more. If I'm not like, you know, regularly doing things that help me r relieve stress and, and help me, um, you know, just, just uh, be here and have a, you know, be calm and everything. I'm talking mainly about meditation. Uh, exercise, what you eat, sleeping, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. If I don't do those regularly, then the pain just shoots up mm -hmm. um, and gets like unmanageable. Um, but it's always there. It's always like, okay, like I I feel you, and we'll we'll do the things appropriately to help that. And it's never gonna go away, and that's okay. But we got to keep it like contained or keep it like um, happy. I don't know. Mm. And I can't really do that if I'm under too much stress because um, eventually, like, I, you know, I think when you're under too much stress, you eventually stop doing some of the things that helped you to, to begin with. Yeah. Stress is a positive um, feedback loop. Yes. Yes. And I think that meditation can help you beat that positive feedback loop mm -hmm. where you could just be like, okay, I know that I don't want to. Uh, meditate right now or I don't want to exercise but I'm going to anyway um, because I know that that's what's going to help me hmm. Th this is almost a way of maybe explaining in much more grounded everyday terms this zen idea that I think people find really counterintuitive that zazen sitting practice isn't goal oriented uh, and, and maybe you could put, you could explain it like succinctly this way, like you don't sit Zazen in order to change your state. You sit Zazen mm -hmm. to have the perspective, the holistic, healthy perspective on your state as it is. Yeah. And you get used to seeing your life from that perspective. And it's, it, it's, it's not that Zazen heals you. It's that you can't get healthy without being able to see all of the components of your life as integrated in terms of your health. So yeah. you figure out what to do. You may figure out what to do while you're sitting there. You may figure out what, you, what to do later. Figuring out what to do is a separate process. Seeing it all as coming down to health is the behavior of Zazen. 
the perspective is everything. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think that that's probably the single most important thing in, you know, anybody's life is is health. Because mm-hmm. it, it affects everything else. And you can't separate the two. Yeah. You can't, you know, be doing bad mentally and perform your best at work. And mm-hmm. you can't be doing bad physically and perform your, your best in your relationships. It, It's... I mean, I guess you can, but like, that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not saying that Zazen's going to fix your physical problems. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not going to have a disease or something just because you do Zazen, but it does help you with that perspective of what that disease means for you, how to manage it. Uh, well, it doesn't teach you how to manage it, but you then find the perspective that opens your mind to how to manage it, mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess. You know, or, or, and, or even even on a lower down level than that, I think you find you see how many different you see components of things that seemed like whole, simple, clearer things. You see that they break down to even simpler, smaller, more actionable things like my leg hurts and the you know, and, and, and what how does how does my leg hurt? It hurts over here. Is it tighter? Is it loose? Is it is it sharper? Is it dull? You know, that the just the kind of awareness that arises there helps you break down the problem and that makes it makes one impossible to solve problem into a number or a series of easier to solve problems if you have to if you must think about it as this practical step-by-step problem fixing thing yeah yeah i i could see that on a very on a very practical level just bringing awareness to the problem as it really is mm-hmm. versus just an annoyance of something that you don't want to deal with. Yeah. Right. Cause not wanting to deal with it is just a whole nother problem. And yeah, <laughs> Zazen as this open ended thing doesn't give you the opportunity to go do something else when you, when something's coming up that you don't want to deal with. And neither does life really. That's kind of the secret is like avoiding things isn't healthy because you can't avoid them. <laughs> you know, like it, like it's going to come around eventually. And like, you know, the thing you were saying, that sort of zero sum thing you were saying about like, you can't be stressed out. You can't have like a psychological breakdown and still perform perfectly at work. And, you know, like work takes yeah. from relationships and vice versa. And, you know, like it, it, all, it has to come out of something it has to come out somewhere. Like you're a finite system. It's a it's a way to like help you confront all of the things that you may or may not have even known about. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think it's like what what you would expect from that is that you're sitting down and that you're just all these thoughts are coming through your head and you just oh I never realized this this thing and this thing. But that's not really how it works. Yeah. In fact, it doesn't really seem like anything's happening while you're meditating. <laughs> Uh but i mean i think that's the point the the awareness of your it's really like practice and the awareness comes you notice the the uh, the difference afterwards Hmm. a lot of the time Uh, the the way i would put it i think is that what's happening while you're sitting isn't happening to the thing that's worried about whether something's happening or not yeah (laughs) you know what i mean true like like there's there there's there is uh, just a habitual checking process that happens in consciousness, whatever that is. And it's checking and checking and checking and whatever. That's fine. There's a lot more going on than that. And 
it's always happening. And so it's, it's, uh, the way the the way that I would express the exact same thing you just said is just that like the cognitive effects come later in the moment of perspective on something that you that has changed. You know the the, uh, the like all number of memories and thoughts and uh, anxieties and what have you might arise in your mind on the cushion. And you deal with those as they arise, as those things, as thoughts and memories and anxieties. But it's it's next time you're in the situation, maybe not the next time, but like future iterations of your of that situation that really are happening to you. That's when the perspective shift can be noticed. And and you know you don't necessarily notice it one time either. You may notice it over many times, many months, many years. But there's there's no question to me that the perspective becomes familiar and it isn't necessarily yeah. familiar at the get at the beginning or it's not even necessarily there all the time it's just that you know this is what sit still enough long enough means which is like our you know practically our new motto at this point yeah as a sangha the the familiarity of that perspective is really the goal if there could be said to be one because once because when you can feel it 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 isn't uh an effort anymore because it's there it's just the perspective of health it's what it's it's you don't have to i mean the thing that's counterintuitive now is like it you don't have to be all the way healthy to have a healthy perspective yeah right and like you're never all the way healthy and like i want to be very clear about what I'm talking about and what I'm not talking about when I talk about health, because like in our default culture, you might position health in opposition to like death, like health, like health is avoiding death to, you know, materialistic culture, society. Like you have, you, you stay healthy to avoid dying and that's not healthy because dying is dying is life. So like, yeah. that's not what I mean. It's, it's not that when you get sick, like in medical terms, you are out of health. You are you have you have a new health challenge, but it isn't it isn't like a failure of your you know effort to be healthy to get sick in a way that matters. It's not like you can say, well, I'm being punished you know, for not doing a good job. Like, that's not what Well, yeah, is. no, I mean, I think I think that's something in the very beginning of my illness that I kind of flamed my, myself for. Because mm. um, I, I, I had not, like, taken my medication in the very beginning because I, I was being told by, like, different sources that I could probably just, like, eat healthier and do all this holistic stuff and it would go away. Mm. Um, and that didn't work. Mm -hmm. I mean, <laughs> at all, uh, not to say that those aren't things aren't helpful. I think that everything has to come together in order, you know, for you to have your health. Like it's not just one thing. Yeah. Um, but you can't, you can't, if you're seriously ill, you can't just rely on, you know, um, the eating and eating good and sleeping good. But, right. Um, but anyways, I, I blamed myself cause I was like, oh, well I should have taken the medicine. Like it's my fault that I'm, that I'm sick, but that is just not like a very good perspective to have, uh, because even now, 
um, where I think that like even I I will overcome some dimensions of my illness and then more things will be tacked on. But I don't really consider myself sick. Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't think I am unwell. I'm just a person with disabilities and those aren't bad things anymore. Mm. They're not um, things that, that necessarily need to be fixed mm-hmm. per se. Mm-hmm. They, they, I mean, I don't wouldn't want them to get out of hand or anything like that. That's different. Mm-hmm. Then I would say I was unwell. But um, the, the fact of the matter is you can be, be sick in, you know, the terms of maybe just how we think of it. Like you can have an illness and still be well. Uh, you could have a mental illness and still be well. Uh, generally, a lot of times, mental illnesses don't, like, get better. They don't, like, resolve themselves. Like, sometimes they do, but usually they weren't mental illnesses to begin with if, like, you just somehow magically get better from them. Mm-hmm. Um, but you do learn how to be well with that illness. Mm-hmm. And there's a difference. Yeah, it's, I, I mean, when we get into word stuff... Not just you and me, but like whenever I get into word stuff, I and and realize that there's more to certain words that we use all the time than I think people conventionally realize. Like the way we're breaking open health right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like to think about all the ways that the word is used and see if it reveals if any of them reveal something more interesting than the conventional understanding. And like, I realize that we do use healthy to describe something more psychological than, than, than the conventional sort of medical definition, you know, like that's a healthy attitude is a very conventional phrase. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, 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 I wonder how disciplined people are in deploying the word healthy that way, because looking at this the way we are looking at it, you'd have to be very careful, rigorous, thoughtful about whether a perspective is healthy or not, because the, because it's something that you would need in a situation like you're describing where like you're, you're, you're having a hard time physically, but you can still adopt and maybe that's even too careless. Like you can still maintain, you can still create a healthy posture within that situation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to say, to, to, to use like, you know, positive thinking affirmations and like other sort of, you know, trick, like in, to trick yourself into thinking it's okay. Like that, that isn't healthy. And, and, and people, people might say to you, you know, like if you just say something like, I just take it, you know, it's come up some cliche that people say when they have, when they're having a hard time, like just taking it one step at a time or, you know, like whatever sort of conversational thing you might say, somebody might mm-hmm. respond to that. Like, well, that's a healthy attitude, but like, is it, is it really coming from that healthy place? And, and when, when I, and you are describing what feels to me like a very healthy process of, com- of, of adjusting to the reality of your life and your body. Uh, but, you know, w- with the, with the sort of inclusion of wisdom, like it's, it's not, it's, this is the way it is. It's not going to go away. It's not that that's okay, but that is the way it is. And that has to be. okay. Yeah. And like that, that's, that is what I mean when I say that is a healthy 
response. And, and and I, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that people conventionally do say that things are healthy in a much subtler way, healthy or unhealthy in a much subtler way than, than, you know, like a doctor might say, Mm -hmm. but the, 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 the problem, I mean, I mean, maybe this is the problem with health in the conventional sense too, like diet and exercise. And, you know, we, we have such, without getting, you know, into statistics that I don't have like committed to memory, like heart problems and obesity and even like addiction. Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there are lots of medical measures by which we don't live in a healthy society by and large. And the solutions to that are so hard to find. You can't just like incentivize people in like boring economic ways to like eat better and exercise more and stuff like that. Cause it's just, there's just so much more going on than that. And, you know, health isn't an instinct that people are raised to have in our society. I mean, maybe, maybe that's the angle here. It's like, we people who do something like this, like Zen, have a have a Zen Sangha. People of, as just one example, you know, any number of kind of religious communities or other, or even even sports teams and gym memberships and th- you know, like things other things people do to support each other to get healthy. Like there's all kinds of ways that people do that. Like you have to assemble it yourself, and you have to mm-hmm. do it voluntarily, and that's good. Like people should be able to find their own way to health. But it's not like there was like we talk about it all the time. It's not like there was some sort of paved path for us in our childhoods to finding our way to health. And we found it because of resources that we had, you know, ranging from just sort of, you know, schooling and material and family and material support that we had to like miraculous occurrences like, you know, your your, you know, financial arrangements with your therapist and like my, you know, weird teacher who had no business being a teacher at my high school, given his weird (laughs) background, you know, like, like we got lucky that we learned how to find health. And yeah, there's something almost political coming up for me now about that. Like it shouldn't be that way. It should be built into society. It certainly doesn't seem that our society really um, prioritizes health. And I think there's a lot of conflicting factors when it comes to that. Like people are like, you know, blaming people who are overweight because, oh, well, you should have better self-control. It's like, well, everything, like, you know, junk food is cheaper than regular food. It's more convenient than healthy food. It's like making those decisions, it's, it. we don't have as much control over those things as, you know, one would think. And I, th- I think also meditation does, you know, help you, sift through all the messages that you're Mm. you're getting every day because yeah i mean i and i and we've talked about you know stuff like that with like social media how how to sift through those messages and i think at some point you realize sometimes you just have to avoid certain messages too and um you know it i i do i do wish that our society really did you know put health first but i think that that's at direct odds with a lot of uh, advertising and um other things that kind of make the united states the 
way it is today mm-hmm. and um it's good and bad yeah i mean to to use the buddha's definition you know the buddha's often referred to as a physician and to use the buddha's definition of health desiring things is the fundamental manifestation of unhealthiness yeah <laughs> so like it, there, there's a very real way in which from a buddhist point of view advertising is sickness is is it's like a virus it causes you to be ill by creating desire and there are all kinds of ways we do that to each other in a society too i mean it's it's the very idea of a person as a consumer is a, an inherently unhealthy construction of what a person is. Being healthy isn't something, like that's not a mysterious objective to people. They want to be healthy. We all want to be healthy. It's just, it's just a definition of health that is, that is misplaced and misconstrued. Is the desire to be healthy part mm. of the problem? Right. Well, I mean, the 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 way it's it's so tricky to talk about, right? But you 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 don't. It's not the, and I don't want to get sectarian about this, but like the extinction of desire is not actually the bodhisattva path, right? Like that's the, that's the arhat path. Yeah. That's the, that's the, that's the nirvana path. That's the Theravada approach is first extinguish all desire and then health will arise naturally. I'm not saying that doesn't work, but I am saying that there is another way, which yeah. is orient your desire toward the health of all beings and, and the, and maintain that perspective of health that is the thing we're saying that we cultivate, for example, in Zazen. And the holistic picture of the health of the whole world system will suggest skillful and unskillful things to do. Things that will increase health or decrease health for you or for other beings. And the the the, the health of the system could be could be measured by how much of that you you're solely responsible for and how much of that you can rely on other people for so it's like the more we take care of each other the healthier we're able to be because we don't have to do it all ourselves and we are able to get sick and get better inside of a healthy relation to others and ourselves that the 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 idea that you have to be a self-contained perfect human being in excellent health in a in a performance-based sense is not what we mean what we mean is like health health is a society where people who need people who are not well are taken care of there's a there's a way of thinking about um, you know people with disabilities, and it's not that there's anything wrong with them, but that that everything else 
isn't structured in a way for them to succeed. And you and you find that when people with disabilities are given the accommodations that they need, that their disability isn't even a problem anymore. Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.